0: Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Phil's Photography Journey podcast, episode entitled Calming Down and Tidying Up, which is, uh, I guess, what I've been doing and I'll talk to you about as I go through the episode show segment. Uh leg of my journey, I guess. The journey continues. So, weather and news. Um we we had it very hot for a while, uh hot, quite humid. I think we managed it quite well here. We got fans in most of the rooms and some aircon. The Aircon unit did a feature and that was that was welcome. Uh and then it cooled down quite a bit. And then just today, so I'm recording this on Tuesday the 8th of September. Uh, It's got quite humid, pleasant. It's only about twenty-two degrees or something, twenty-three now. I lie twenty-three in Celsius. Uh, That's going to be about three times that, or so, and so so on. Uh, I can't speak about three times that in um, uh, Fahrenheit for those who use that scale. And it's um, yeah, it's 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 pleasant. You know, the days getting shorter. That's what always happens. And uh, I've been trying to get out in the garden a bit more and failing generally. Uh, but the rain that we did have that caused a flood at Swallow Towers. And, uh, again, I'll come on to that in a bit. Um, that hopefully is, is left in terms of its intent intensity. And that if we see any rain from now on, it hopefully we will be seasonal. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's hope that continues. Um, news wise, certainly on the, the COVID front, um, a bit strange, is they've they've been doing these local lockdowns in the UK, started with Leicester, but then it went to a few different cities in the north, predominantly in the northwest of England. And I know that when I last looked at the stats for Croydon, the number of cases per one hundred thousand of the population was eight eight. Not a bad number. Um I think it got to something like 300 in Bolton per 100,000. So obviously it's a problem. And they're bringing in all sorts of measures. So actually, if you were a business serving customers, uh, you'd have to now switch to takeaway. So almost like a, a large number of elements of the original lockdown, which is going to cause a problem for some businesses who probably hadn't really got back onto their feet yet. And what they're saying is that the the main The main cause of these uh, are the 20 to 30 year olds not behaving themselves. I mean, I'm kind of, I've put a term on that, but uh, there's been a lot of getting together since the exam results were announced. And we've got all sorts of universities and schools going back. Although some of those are going back, certainly in businesses as well, going back. Someone's having COVID, COVID, whatever. And uh, they're having to go home again. So it's all a bit of a mess. Um, I think and, and the 20 to 30-year-olds who uh, are experiencing these cases are kind of saying, well, we're okay because it's not really affecting us. In fact, you might only have a few symptoms for a few days and then it'll all move on. That does miss the point uh, somewhat because it's it's okay if you then do your strict isolation if you have the condition. Um, but if you then go and visit parents, grandparents, that's when it could start to cause a problem. Um we're thankfully not seeing a huge increase in the number of deaths. So we've had about 3,000 cases a day for the last few days. Excuse me. I'll just close the blind a bit. Um. Yeah, so about 3,000 cases a day, but three deaths a day. That's just the number three, not per anything. And uh, which is three is three too many, Uh. but it's still, it, you know, if this behaviour continues, then we we've got to look out for that, so bit of an issue hopefully can be dealt with by having the concentration of managing efforts around the areas where the problem is actually uh, occurring so let's hope they can they can deal with that um, locally one of the reasons I guess I've not got round to doing this is that Sue's been in hospital uh, a couple of times um, I don't think she minds me saying as I've already put it on social media but she had a bit of a gallbladder problem and escaped gallstone there you go and Initially, it was a period of pain buildup that just became too much. So we went to our local A&E and uh, they were brilliant, um, Croydon University Hospital. And so she was admitted and they monitored her for a few days. The levels, uh, the, the, and they check all the time, basically. It's, it's, it's excellent care. Uh, the levels went to a An area where there was satisfactory, um, and they released her. Released? We discharged. That's the word. Uh, So she was allowed to come home. uh, Whatever word you use, but she was never fully right, and um, she went back for a routine blood test. This was part of a follow up. So we, this was, I can't remember the exact days, but a few days later, uh, and it was a case of me waiting in the car while she had the blood test, and then moving on. But actually, then they said "Mm, you're going to have to hang around for the results. That could be two to three hours, so I went home. Um, next thing, I get a call saying they've admitted me, and basically she was in for another six nights. Um, but whatever it was was passed. She obviously had some scans and tests and lots of monitoring, and they're hoping to get her on the list for a gallstone or gallbladder removal uh, within the short term. So that might be hopefully within the next three to four weeks we remain hopeful Uh, she did have a blood test last week and uh, is awaiting a follow-up on that but yeah so uh, big respect to the National Health Service and Croydon University Hospital they've managed her very well and um, you know long may it continue all the way through the operation and we're both on a a diet that's been well it's low fat basically Um, and for Sue it's to have kind of smaller meals and even if that means breaking down what would normally be one meal into two smaller meals and kind of having one mid-afternoon and one in the evening or whatever Um, I've gone with the recommended dietary sheet and we both lost some weight that's good and we aim to just keep that running now we we don't want to be a burden and linking back to COVID-19 they do say that if you manage your health generally so watch out for signs of obesity Um, and so on then you stand the best chance of being able to manage the condition uh, because your health will be better than uh, someone who doesn't so we uh, we will follow guidelines locally and more widely and hopefully that will avoid having any issues one of the things I noticed on Twitter last week so I I like to comply there's all sorts of opinions about whether we should wear masks or not and there's this whole you know, organisations, anti-mask, anti-vax, you name it. And I heard about a big anti-mask rally in Edinburgh and I just did a tweet about it um, along the lines of, you know, will these people also refuse ventilators if they're put in the hospital? And I, in the end, I switched off the notifications because it, it, it became too much to kind of manage. But there were about 160 likes, I think that's probably the most I've had on Twitter, and about 37... Responses which then sometimes spin off into other responses, and I've had all sorts of people. There's an author who's got 70 odd thousand followers and all sorts of medical opinions, links to articles on Bloomberg and um, and the Daily Mail uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, it, almost be careful what you tweet. But no, I mean, I, I didn't mind, I was happy with what I put, I did it on my personal account. Um, and I, funny enough, I noticed now and this might have been a fairly recent change, that with Twitter, when you tweet, you can actually put in a kind of um, a preference, I suppose, per tweet, uh, unless you can do it globally. But anyway, you can say whether everyone can reply to that, or whether only people that follow you can reply, or only people that you specify can reply. Uh, so what that means is if you, if you receive or if you read a tweet like that, then the the response option box would be grayed out, the little icon, a little speech bubble. So uh, interesting on both the platform and the message. But I mean, I, you know, people do have views, and they're very, very strong in how they put these views across sometimes. But why would those individuals views, or perhaps they build into larger groups, be better than, and this isn't I like to think it's not a political guidance it's it's actual health and expert guidance that tells us that generally wearing a mask is the right thing I also heard in one of the restrictions about Bolton today um, so they said that the limit is 30 people in a like a household gathering at the moment I think that's going to go down I don't know if it's by half or maybe less anyway it's going to go down and At the moment, people are paying lip service to all of these regulations. I've been on public transport where I would say 70 to 80% of passengers I've seen on maybe a local tram are not wearing a mask, or one or two have them under their chin, which is you might as well throw it out the window or put it in a bin. Um... So, and what they're basically saying, back to the point, Philip, uh, is that they're going to put this into law. So at the moment, it's a kind of, you know, we have a regulation, a recommendation, a strong recommendation that you comply with these uh, rules and regs. Uh, But now they're actually saying, no, that's going to be put into law. So uh, more work for the police and prosecution. Situation, but I don't know. Maybe it just be heavy fines. I think if you do an organised gathering of more than thirty people, you can get fined ten thousand pound, and quite a few of those have been issued here in the UK in the last few weeks. Good, I say. So that's news, current affairs, and and other bits and pieces. Client work, well, uh, it's been a bit quieter actually. Um, I did have some really good responses in uh, just after the the sort of lockdown lockdown rules were released, relaxed, relaxed uh, and we could start to work again Um, so some regular clients coming in, um, just completed an edit yesterday for one that I did a couple of weeks back Um, but the diary is quiet at the moment and linking back to the weather story because I I will cover that as to what I've been doing Um, yeah, I'm I'm not massively concerned at this stage uh, that I've not got those bookings, Uh, I did do a still shoot, theatre stills, um, talk about that soon, but uh, one of the other things I've been doing is tidying up my garage, so my garage has been a bit of a mess for a while, loads of stuff, and we had a flood, so in this very heavy rain period that we had at the end of the, the warm weather, uh, various bits of possession in my garage were floating around uh, and it wasn't pretty, so as well as investing in a squeegee from which I ordered from Amazon in the States, and it came within two days, which was brilliant. And I've actually used it once, and it was so effective. Um, I decided to uh, sort out the garage, and actually I had some old block paving from when we had our driveway done, so that is is now a raised platform for anything that uh, could be a bit at risk of any other water ingress that might happen in the future. And the aim is really to obviously get rid of stuff that I don't need, be ruthless, you know. I mean, if we were moving house, would I justify putting it on a removal lorry, that kind of um, mindset? So a lot of that stuff has gone. I've done a a thing on our local WhatsApp to hand stuff out to the neighbours to see if they can make good use of it. And some of that's been taken up, like old wood panels and things. And uh, and I've been labelling and organising, and it's been very cathartic, actually. And I mean, I've still got more to do. Uh, I've changed the lighting from a... Um, fluorescent to LED and I'm an electrician doing a rigging up another one tomorrow Um, get it done by a professional because I don't rate my own electrics Um, and I recommend using a professional so that will help with the kind of um, the main setup of the garage and then I'll be probably for the next few weeks pottering every now and then going out and doing a A shelf here or a bracket there or a hook there or whatever just to put things where I want them but as well as it being able to just lend itself to work that I need to do around you know local jobs or household jobs uh, also I want to store some gear out there the heavier duty stuff um, stands and that sort of thing and uh, clamps and whatever anything that basically would be fine in a if if it gets slightly damp even though this is all going to be on racks and shelves and rails and things, I've, I was thinking about putting some rails up to put some boom arms on and all that. Anyway, I will get there. It's going to be kind of work it out as I go along, um, and and eventually I'll feel organised and proud of myself. And then I'll have to start on what's in the loft, which is a another ball game entirely. So, so yeah. So the opportunity, both in terms of. Uh, slightly quiet on the bookings front and necessity because of what happened with water damage and just the need generally to get things organised has meant that I've not been you know fussing around looking for things to do. Um, One of the things that is uh, I mean I've done paid gigs for but it's also something I enjoy immensely is doing a production shoot or theatre still shoot Um, although I'd be up for doing Cinema film set stuff Not done any yet But I will be perfectly up to do that And uh, I've been in touch with Phil Wilmot Ever since Sue did some work for him Did some work (laughs) Did an acting job At the Union Theatre A piece in our time Back in uh, just just immediately prior to lockdown And um, Phil uh, basically liked my work And that's really good He's a very influential guy Director, journalist And arts person extraordinaire Phil lives um, in Rotherhithe right on the Thames in you know, a flat overlooks the Thames there and there's a little beach and he basically put a production to production together called Hamlet on the Beach and a marvellous backdrop so you can look back and see the Shard and you know the the Thames and boats chugging along and I did the, uh, the dress rehearsal shots well actually I did a rehearsal shot that they were able to use online and social media promotion everyone's working for nothing which is laudable and of course it's It's open-air theatre, so it's more COVID-safe. And they're doing a thing where you you order your tickets online, go to the local pub, um, do fill in your test and trace form, and then you can watch uh, on the beach. Or not, because uh, there's been some rules and regulations that apparently uh, the production fell slightly foul of. And rather than getting into a long, drawn-out battle, Phil has decided to move it just off the beach to these gardens that... I mean, literally, it's it's a a number of feet away from the beach where the performance was held before. Very pretty setting, and if you look up Hamlet on the Beach dot com, um, you will see this, and also you'll probably see some of my images around. So, so on the night of the, uh, the dress rehearsal, we had a weather warning, and uh, it was actually in place throughout. It was for high winds and rain, and I got a bit wet just when I was setting up. Um, so we had high winds. We had actors performing in costume on the sand and on a rug on the beach. Low light. I mean, there were a couple of sort of USB battery type lights and there were some torches that the actors very skillfully shone in the kind of, I don't know, chest area to then give some light to the face and they did a a great job. And where all of that lent itself to good lighting opportunities, obviously I was able to get some really nice... um, Close-ups, but I was uh, really pleased with the shoot. Phil was very pleased with the work that I did, and uh, we maintain good contact from that perspective. And, and hopefully, I'll get to do it in a a more typical setup going forward. I also noticed actually that at the Union Theatre they've taken out their seats, so they're going to do a cabaret-style seating, which will lend itself more to COVID. So great that people are reacting and becoming almost creative in the creative arts to be able to continue to do what they do best. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to doing that again in a theatre setting. Um, Pretty much all that I've done so far has been in very low light. Uh, So if there's an opportunity of full stage lighting, uh, yes, please, philswallow.com will give you all my contact details. So thanks in advance. So that was that, but probably my most enjoyable uh, shoot was this Sunday just gone where uh, son Matt daughter-in-law Jade brought up our granddaughter Lola and I'd set up my flex kit and some cushions and blankets and things on the floor and she crawled around and we took some images and I was delighted she's a beautiful girl and uh, full of character and I'd like to think we brought that character out So, uh, shared some of those, uh, socially and, uh, it'll be on my Facebook. My Facebook is public, um, put one on my Instagram. So, uh, it's something I've never really pushed. I mean, I do kind of adult headshots with the occasional child actor headshot. Um, but yeah, this was, this was something different, different level. So we're, we're planning some other shoots when she can kind of sit up and hold herself a bit more, um, and ideally that will combine very nicely with the autumn and the autumn colours, fall colours. So we're looking to, um, to get out and, and, and do some of those as the weather and conditions and colours start to change. So yeah, it's, um, it, was, it was a beautiful and enjoyable session that I had shooting my granddaughter uh, Lola. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Taking pictures and imagery of my beautiful granddaughter on Sunday, just gone gear um not a great deal happening i sold my nikon d850 via mpb.com i had a lot of discussions with them um i was going to go via the ebay route um i mean there's a bit of aggro and it kind of it'd be a very expensive item to sell on ebay and long and short of it is they they were they were keen to do my business do business with me um and the price that they gave me for my D850 was kind of in the ballpark of what I might sell for on eBay, less the commission and the PayPal commission and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, I might have made a bit more if I'd have got a good price, but you do not that's not always guaranteed on, on an auction site. Um, in terms of aggravation, it was painless because they actually collected the parcel courier well, collected the parcel from me at home and all I had to do was package it up and put a slip of paper that they sent to me and I downloaded and printed um and then it's insured and tracked and I think within a day or so it was uh, transferred to my bank account the money that we agreed on so mpb.com they operate in different countries I think so the UK I think they started in the UK based in Brighton I think they've got possibly a site in Germany at least maybe even France as well, I'm not sure. And they've certainly opened one in New York because I heard it on um, a podcast by uh, This Week in Photography. Uh, Frederick Van Johnson did an interview with the owner, so you can look that up in your podcast searching and you'll hear all about uh, com. So I'm not sure in timing-wise, I think I'd probably got the second Z6 body, C6. Uh, so that's kind of up and running. And what I've been doing is actually... Um, switching the new body for stills so that I can keep the shutter count down. Um, And then there's still lots of... or there is lots of rumour about them bringing out a a Z6S, which will have things like dual card slots and improved autofocus and all that sort of stuff. So I will probably... now I've got into this kind of rhythm and momentum of trading in gear I'm probably going to do the same again um so whilst there's still reasonable value for my Z6s if the price is right etc uh trade in or sell those via MPB perhaps um and then buy the new ones when they come out they may not come out until the end of the year may not be to the new year i mean the industry and supply lines are still uh being affected by the pandemic so we'll see but um yeah, I mean, I, I just want to keep up to date with that technology. I'm loving mirrorless. Um, I've I've got good value of it so far. The low light is amazing, uh, and I will do a little article about that at some point. I've got I've got a number of website blogs in my head, and I just need to commit them to actually doing them. Um, and again, it's even without regular clients at the moment, uh, time just flies by. But uh, yes, I will do that. So. Yes, uh, very pleased. Um, edited in Capture One and uh, for the Hamlet shoot, it was very low light. Have a look on my website under Theatre Stills and you'll see some examples and uh, hamletonthebeach.com if you were thinking of going, if you're based in London. I think it's on for, for the rest of the month. Uh, the only other thing I've done, um, Nikon bought out some batteries. Uh, so they've, they've run a battery called the ENEL15, which I think goes back to the, possibly the D810, uh, so it covered D850 and Z6. <clears throat> um, well, there was an, an ENEL15, and then I think there was an A B. I I think the B is the one that came with the Z6. Uh, they've now got the C, which I think allows you to use whilst charging. I think that's one of the main things. It may have some more capacity as well, I've not, I don't know if anyone's done the numbers yet. So they announced it, but they're in short supply. Uh, I went on to Wex, which is a um, a dealer, the big online presence and store presence. So they've got a London store. And they were doing 10% off batteries until the end of September. So check that out if you're looking to buy some new batteries, spare batteries from your camera. I would always recommend getting the actual brand name ones. They're not going to let you down. Uh, others might be okay for a while, but, you know, if... If paid work depends on it, um, or just the shoot is very important to you, don't don't risk putting the wrong battery or a, uh, a, a generic one in your camera, I, I would argue. Uh, so I've ordered them, I ordered two, so I've got a kind of spare for each body, uh, and I've now just realised there was another piece of kit that I ordered uh, but anyway, I'll come on to that shortly. Uh, so, ordered them, not sure when they're going to come, but I got my discount. So, that was good. So, end up about £54 each or something, uh, which the business pays for, which clients pay for. Thank you, clients and business. So, yeah, they just realized this other piece of gear. So, I had this kind of almost panic. I thought. If I'm out and about, have I got any possibility that I could charge, and again, thinking on the beach, have I got any possibility that I could charge my camera batteries? Have i Have got any way I could do it if I'm not near a plug socket? So I always take, I've got one spare battery now. So say I would battery in each camera body, monitoring how they go as I'm shooting. I think they both went to about 40% or something after the shoot the other night. Um, and then... I've got a spare one, which is the older one, uh, the one that I got with the D810, which is a spare. Uh, And then I've got nothing. So I found that there's a product, and I'm now kicking myself um, that... Hang on. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am, live, going to look up on my Amazon Recent Orders, uh, because I'm sure you don't mind your orders. I'm always ordering so much stuff off Amazon. Here we go. I have it here. So, they do a couple of different versions, but it's Nitecore, N-I-T-E-C-O-R-E, U-N-K, Uniform November Kilo 2, E-N-E-L-15, that's the battery name, dual slot charger. Now this, it's got an inbuilt, very small cable, so you might need a uh, USB extension, the old-style USB. And it will allow you to charge up to two batteries. They don't click in particularly positively, so take a... a red, whip, red whip or bongo tie or just a good elastic band and it gives you loads of information about the batteries as you're charging more than you would ever get on a normal um, Nikon charger which is just an LED so this actually tells you about battery health and milliamps supplied and how much is there and various other things I'm not technical from that perspective and uh, it can charge off of a USB stick, so I would have the ability to you know, go out on a shoot miles from anywhere, take this along, take a USB power pack along. Did I say stick? I meant power pack. Take a USB power pack along, the highest capacity that you can have. And even if you just did it for a top-up while you were having a coffee or a break or a sandwich or whatever, that would be good enough to just give some more juice to your batteries. Or if you completely drain one on a shoot, Obviously, and you've got enough spare to rotate them. Uh, you could use the Nightcore to uh, to provide uh, some life, and and so that you wouldn't be embarrassed. So, um, yeah, give given a bit of a lesson on battery management. But yeah, always buy the right batteries, and consider Nightcore if you want um, uh, an off the grid, almost off the power grid option to charge. Sorry, I've just kicked something and made a clonk noise. So what have I been doing other than that? Well, I've been working on my my marketing and organisation. Um, I may also revisit some stock. I got a prompt today from Alamy saying, you got some draft pictures, you need to put them on so they can sell. Well, um, I did a little tester across Alamy, Shutterstock and Adobe. I don't think I'm with any more stock suppliers. And I don't have many stock images, but they do sell quite well. Um and it was to see, this was, I think it was something like six images, the same images I lo- uploaded to each site uh, of a trip that we did to Budapest about two and a half years ago now, maybe longer. Um, just to see if I would be able to make use of my back catalogue of travel travel images. And I'm not sure if Alamie were the one, but one of them said, yep, yeah, they're all in. One said, oh, no, the following's wrong. And the other said, oh, no, the following's wrong with these two. So uh, with stock, you do have to comply with rules and regs. Um, but maybe Alamy was the one. I need to check, check my refer- records and references. references, uh, And i get those on and up for sale. Alamy's a bit odd. I've, I've made good money on Alamy, probably the most money on Alamy. I tend to get very few general sales day by day week by week even month by month but often when they do sell it might be for like a book run so one of my images ended up on kayak.com so if you do a search I've probably mentioned this in the past apologies Uh, if you do a search for flights to Charlottesville Virginia uh, there's be a little street with some pavement cafes and Sue walking along the middle Uh, so they bought that via stock for me and there was another one there was a print run um, and I, again I've never seen the publication I think that was the same image uh, I got a couple of hundred quid for that which was nice and I think another one ended up in a National Geographic online article uh, so I kind of jokingly claim that I'm a National Geographic published photographer uh, even though I don't really do that sort of photography, well I love travel um, we all do perhaps when we can that's for another day another story So, yeah, working on marketing, um, there were a few things I'd not done right on my marketing. I only found out the other day I wasn't even recording goals, and I thought I was, but I wasn't. But if you keep close to the analytics, uh, Google Data Studio, which is fast becoming very popular with me, um, not only can you read and learn from the trends and from the analytics, you can also see, well, why is something saying no data or null? is it something that actually I'm not worried about anyway, or is it something I really should be monitoring? And there's lots of articles about it. So don't try and eat all the elephant in one go. Um, you know, bite off chunks, and, and it can be really valuable. Uh, so I'm, the more I use it, the more I'm enjoying using it. And, and I've, I've built my own dashboards around, um, and I look at it every day. So times a day, who's looked at my site at what time? What pages do they look at? Where, do, where are they located? I can also then tie up, because I've got timings on another table within the same kind of dashboard that I built that shows at what time of the day were ads called upon via Google. And by piecing those together, and I mean, mean, I've done it in a basic way and there might be a more uh, fancy way of doing it, but I can kind of work out what someone was searching for from when as in what time where they were lo- located and how much of my google ad budget was spent uh, on doing that and there's still some science i want to understand about google ad budgeting someone did a search for my theater or on my theater stills ad because i decided to run that ad about a week or so ago and it cost one pound twelve cost me one pound twelve for someone to click on that ad and i think they spent less than a minute on my website so yeah money can go easily um but you know, you can do things like keyword management. So if people are searching, and I get some weird, wonderful searches on my website, which you can look in at the analytics, find out what search terms people are using. And if they're things that, you know, they search for one thing, they clicked on the fill Swallow Photography ad on Google, it's cost me money, and then they might have stayed five seconds because they realised it wasn't what they were after anyway. So those search terms you can pick up and add as negative um, and then if someone puts in those searches in the future, and obviously you only put negative things in that don't relate to what you do, um, then they won't be shown the ad and therefore that won't repeat itself. So all sorts of learning, all sorts of fun to be had. Um, I did some tweaks yesterday to my website and hopefully that might mean that it'll become a bit more sticky. Um, people hang around on the site a bit longer. But you know, it's a journey. You don't just do this once and walk away uh you continue to keep things fresh, keep the content and as a photographer keep the imagery up to date. Um dip in, dip out, you know, choose a certain section of your website to keep up to date and and monitor. Um but you know make use of that data. That data is being captured and Google is, is doing all sorts of analysis on it anyway. All you've got to do is kind of tap into that. And I do recommend Google Data Studio for uh, for learning a bit more about that. So that, I believe, is all that I'm going to cover in today's session from um, our little kind of pop-up desk that we've got in our media room slash back bedroom. And uh, it's been great fun catching up again. I do apologise uh, that I wasn't able to, um, to come back a bit sooner. But again, it's been uh, different times, floods... Sue in hospital and uh, sometimes these things do get the better of us so look after yourself uh, and I will speak again very very soon hopefully